Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chelsea. Hello. Uh, We're looking at... You know, Jesus just doing a lot of appearing. He's appearing <laughs> a lot of places to a lot of people. Appearing and disappearing acts going on. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> was that sacrilegious of me to imply? No, it was Jesus just like was a magician. That's what I would say. I'd be like, wow. <laughs> um, we start off with the road to Emmaus. Um, yes. And I, I mean, you have some things that stuck out to you in the story that was different from what I stuck out to me. I'm going to start off by saying the way they describe Jesus is super interesting. That he was. A prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty leader. We hoped he was the Messiah. Um, it's still kind of like, ha, ah, they didn't get it. <laughs> kind of a bummer. You know what I noticed with this reading? Um, apparently, the disciples did not necessarily understand it until he opened their minds and gave them the spirit so that they could. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess it's not entirely their fault. I mean, I'd, I'd heard that before, but like reading it, reading over it was like, oh, okay, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I want you to talk about um, verse 27. Verse 27 is super important. So verse 27 says, and this is about the the guys on the road to Emmaus. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Um, So it's it's very easy to read over this line. Um, But basically what Jesus does is he teaches these guys very carefully and very systematically um, how everything in scripture points to him. Um, so Jesus is the, the first, <laughs> interesting, uh, <laughs> Jesus is the first person to read through the Old Testament and teach it Christologically. What's Christologically? Yeah, mean, well, it's it's <laughs> teaching over the entire Old Testament in a way that points consistently to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, what that doesn't mean yeah. is that we like bend over backwards to be like, and this passage is about Jesus. Right. Like, no, it's actually not. It's just about laws outside the camp. Right. Um, but it does mean that a lot of this is all set up, and we've talked about this before, a lot of what we've read is set up in a way that it does point uh, to the Messiah that's coming to deliver us, that is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we see Jesus as one of the first things he does post-resurrection is teach people how to read the Bible that way. Yeah. That's it's very cool. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. And also the kind of the realization they have later of just didn't our hearts burn within us when he was teaching us. Yeah, yeah. Of just like, first of all, they they recognizing him and also like a new lens to look at scripture through, I think is also pointing mm-hmm. to that too. They, they were like, oh, this is what this means. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, okay, so Jesus isn't a ghost. We establish that next. <laughs> he is not a ghost. <laughs> I just think that's funny. <laughs> well, you, you know what's interesting? There is something interesting about that. Like, Jesus is in his resurrection body. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a ghost because people are interacting with him. People are touching him. People are spending time with him. Right. Um, he can eat. He can drink. All those things. It's kind of weird to explain that. But this is the body that he exists in when he ascends into heaven. Mm-hmm. And so this is very likely the body he continues to exist in. Crazy. Yeah. So it's, it is interesting because a lot of times it's like, oh, wait, how does Jesus exist now? He's not like a painting ghost. somewhere. It's not like a ghost that floats in heaven on clouds. (laughs) Although it would be cool to picture it that way. I don't think that's true. (laughs) Uh, I prefer this. I prefer this. Yeah. 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 Um, So the disciples, what I I thought was interesting is that all this is happening on the same day. So I don't think I've ever noticed that before. That um, he appears, yesterday he appeared to Mary and um, the women and he then appears to the 
guys in the road to Emmaus, and now he is appearing to the disciples in that evening. So what I think is kind of cool is that Jesus does not let them hang around and like wonder or doubt or whatever. He appears to them that day that he arose. This also would not be new to Jesus. You've yeah. you've actually liked to point out, as we've read, different times where he just like disappears. Right. <laughs> it's true. It's not actually new for him. It's yeah. crazy. That guy's always missing. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> where is he? Oh, all right. I guess he's done talking. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's talk about Thomas. Thomas is the best. Yeah. He, is, he gets a bad rap, we were saying earlier. So Thomas, back when, back when we found out that Lazarus was sick... A long time ago. Yeah, it feels like forever. Um, Thomas is the one that's like, hey, let's go with Jesus and die with him in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, so Thomas understood that when Jesus returned to Jerusalem, that he would be killed for the things that he's been doing. Mm-hmm. And Thomas, several weeks ago when this happened, actually maybe just a week ago. Who knows? It's crazy. It's all running together. Um, but not that long ago, Thomas <laughs> was the one that was like, hey, I'll give my life. I'll die with Jesus in Jerusalem. Right. Um, and so unfortunately for Thomas, the only thing that most of us remember is that he was like, nope, I don't believe that. Uh, he, Poor one, guy. one time he doesn't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And he's called doubting Thomas. Yeah. Doubting Thomas. As if all these other disciples really believed it. <laughs> that is a great point. Actually. <laughs> I just, I, and I think about what he says. I won't believe it until I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. I don't think of that. I don't like, I don't, when I read that, I don't picture Thomas being snarky to the disciples. I picture him like as a grieving person like he's grieving the loss of his friend and it might be actually kind of hurtful for someone to be like hey your friend's up walking around he's not really dead like i would be kind of like how dare you you not believe that instantly (laughs) i just yeah i think i i don't know and the lord graciously does appear and invites thomas to do exactly what he said um which i think is a very cool thing of Jesus to do. You can get into some wordplay with what Thomas says. In the original language, Thomas says something to the effect of like, uh, my savior and my master, which mm-hmm. is like two different things. So he's recognizing with this kind of like, um, he's like gasping this, yeah. you know, like he's like excited, almost like calling out yeah. that, exclaiming. that he has been saved because of Jesus. And he now is committed to serving Jesus, which I, I like that a lot. It's yeah. just subtle wordplay, but no, that's that's really it's cool. pretty profound. Yeah. But again, he was willing to die for him. So. Yes, he was. That is correct. <laughs> I think he's a true hero. <laughs> I don't Can we give out those stamps? Yes. Hey, you know what? Good news. There's going to be a foundation stone in the new Jerusalem that says Thomas. Yeah, that's true. No doubting before it. Don't quit this podcast until you get revelation. Because Spoiler alert. We're going to hear all about the new foundation. Um, okay. What else stuck out to you? Anything else? Um, we had I, that story about him them fishing. I feel like we should talk about that. Yeah, it's just like sad. It's just it's it feels like there's been a lot that has built up in the lives of these guys, um, and it's it's weird to see them back fishing. And actually, the way that the narrative mm-hmm. is set up, it's like Jesus is going to call them again to discipleship in the same way that he had called he had called them originally. That is a very good point. Like, yeah, it is very it, much parallel to how he originally called them. But you're right that. I mean, they must have felt, they must have felt sad. Like they don't know what they're doing next. Like Jesus keeps appearing and disappearing. (laughs) Well, so much like like a hallmark of their discipleship was that they left everything to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so it's exciting to think of them as these guys that were these committed businessmen that just like threw away their businesses because they they really did. Um, So they just stopped fishing. So when Jesus is like, died and resurrected and they kind of know that he is i guess they're probably just trying to like come to grips with what they're supposed like, to what's do next? yeah um so they just they go back fishing and i love that jesus does exactly what he did to call them there's this miraculous catch um he's standing on the beach 
calling to them and like basically like commissioning commissioning them again. Um, it, it's really neat, and that, that's why John is like, "Oh my goodness, that's Jesus!" Yeah, because this has happened to them before. Yeah, and I mean the picture of Peter just like jumping out of the boat and just like swim running to Jesus. I think is really cool. Swim running. Swim running. That's I like how that. I picture it. <laughs> He's trying his best. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, I mean, Jesus restoring Peter is such a huge, a huge yeah. moment. Cause like, oh man, we've, in the past few days, we've watched Peter deny Jesus, um, and just have probably one of the lowest moments of his life because after he denies Jesus, he just walks away weeping bitterly. Um, and then to hear about his savior being resurrected and he's probably just like, where do I stand with this person who is my friend, my savior, my Messiah? Um, and, but Jesus just takes this time to like have a conversation with Peter and restore him um, and give him the, like the confidence to do exactly what he's supposed to be doing, which is starting the church. He calls him to feed the sheep three times. Um, like, like Peter denied him three times. Mm-hmm. He restores him three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some word stuff there. He talks about lambs and sheep. I'm not sure oh, yeah. what that's all about. I know. I noticed that too. You don't yeah. know what that's about? No, All right, well. there's, there's ideas about what that's about, but it, it seems like lambs and sheep. <laughs> no goats. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it is cool. It's, it's real restoration. I've, I've said on the podcast before that Jesus is almost always about restoration. Mm. How strange would it be if Peter returns to Jesus and Jesus slaps him and is like, you denied me. What are you doing? <laughs> like that would, that would holistically change how we see and interact with Jesus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then all these like very interesting little tidbits in John about like, this is how Peter's going to die. Um, or what, like, what's it say? The, what kind of death he would glorify God yeah. um, about like, that it? tells us that John is alive after Peter is not. <laughs> yes, I know. I thought mm-hmm. about that. Um, and then the disciple who's John in this story, like Peter's asking, what about, yeah. the, what about that guy? If we were simply reading the book of John, it, the grand reveal at the end of the book would actually be a little bit more hysterical. So it's John 21, uh, 24. The disciple, this disciple is the one who testifies to all these events and has recorded them here. I just think it's funny. And then he does use, he does use uh, I, I yeah. suppose the whole world could not contain these books. So, so he's, been like, a, he's John, been like a secret character in his book. The whole book of John, this disciple is the disciple that Jesus loves. Yeah. And then it's like, surprise, it's me, John. Yeah. <laughs> I like the reveal. <laughs> I like it too. But John actually, I was thinking about this today. John actually wrote quite a bit of the New Testament. Like it's it's probably Paul. Um, is it John next, I wonder? I mean, with Revelation first, yeah, probably. Revelation, the Gospel of John, first, second, third John. Yeah. Um I'm not sure. I don't I don't actually know that, but that John wrote quite a bit. I mean Luke wrote with Acts being a very long Luke, book. Well, it's actually just one book. Luke and Acts is one book. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so he loses because he only wrote one thing. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> um, okay, we should talk about the Great Commission, too. What about the Great Commission? Well, I think it's pretty important. Um, when we look at this and what Jesus... Jesus' last words to the disciples. Um, and going back to what we said about them dropping everything in following Jesus, this is when they drop everything and build the church, which I think is pretty cool. So Jesus gives them this great commission to go and make disciples, baptizing them, um, and teaching them all the commands they've given them. That's an important part. <laughs> Don't want to miss that. That's the, that's the big piece where we fail the great commission is because we oftentimes talk about the great commission and mm-hmm. 
go and make disciples and baptize them. And that's it. Yeah, we don't leave them there. Well, Jesus tells us to teach them everything he's commanded, Mm -hmm. which is, that's like a weighty thing. Mm -hmm. And it is something that, as far as what Jesus is saying, is just as important as going and baptizing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, don't just go baptize a million people. Like, make sure they learn to obey the commandments that I've given. And I, I think that's I think that's where discipleship comes in, and I think it's where we've missed in the past. Is that like, hey, we had this huge event, and like a thousand people got baptized. Like, yeah, that's very exciting. Uh, we also need to p- teach people to obey Jesus' commandments, right? Because I mean, salvation and sanctif- sanctification go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we if we miss out on that as we continue to read through the New Testament here, and we get to the very end, like. It matters what we do and how we live mm-hmm. our lives. It does. It doesn't, like that moment of decision to follow Jesus is an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question about snakes. <laughs> Can I pick up a snake well, and handle it safely? <laughs> According to this passage, yes. <laughs> I'm so scared of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to take that. Well, yeah, because you don't have enough faith, probably. I, I don't. don't Not um, at all. <laughs> I feel like, you know what? If you're called to snake handling, um, maybe just be really sure about that. Just really pray about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Um, this is or poison drinking. <laughs> what What is interesting is that this actually happens to Paul. To Paul, yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's just like a specific call out to Paul. I don't know. I'm. I, there are probably some Christians that have gotten bit by snakes. Yeah, I. I, I don't <laughs> doubt if this is accurate. Yeah, I just also don't think that you should go and like hang out with snakes and just <laughs> hope for the best. Definitely don't do that. <laughs> um. Also, just to wrap up, like right at the end, we're in Luke twenty four forty four. Um. Jesus says, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. Um, So one, their minds are opened to where they can understand this. Apparently they have not been able to fully understand everything that's going on until that moment, Mm -hmm. according to Luke. Um, but two, and this was from Luke before, but this is another scenario where he's saying like, Hey, all of scripture has revealed this. Like, this is what all of scripture points us to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's just cool to me that that, that is how we should handle God's word and that it's teaching us to know Jesus and develop a relationship with him. Right. And that's how we've been reading. I mean, this whole year, that's how we've been reading the Bible, mm-hmm. that it's yeah. all pointing to God and redemption and Jesus. It's not necessarily a book about the tribe of Israel and like yeah. their history. Yeah. It is kind of about that, but all of it is a conduit for God's grace and redemption to us. Yeah. Very cool. Luke 24, 13. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened here the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and all other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at the tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. 
Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining all the scriptures concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus, and at the end of the journey, Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay, with the, stay the night with us, since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at a moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven disciples and others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as he was walking along the road, and how they had recognized him as he was breaking bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. Mark sixteen twelve. Afterward, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. John twenty nineteen. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and the side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Mark sixteen fourteen. Still later, he appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him and had been raised from the dead. John twenty twenty four. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, We have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound on his side. Eight days later, when the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them, the doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in the book. But there are, these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. John 21, 1. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? 
No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net onto the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped it for work, jumped into the water and headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked them, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Jesus replied, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So the rumors spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This disciple is the one who testifies to these events and has recorded them here. And we know that his account of these things is accurate. Jesus also did many other things, that if they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the book that would be written. Matthew twenty-eight sixteen. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Mark sixteen fifteen. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Luke 24, 44. Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. 
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.